Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk about the merger between Siggy and Cereals Canada. Up first in today's country comment, we'll find out how potato growers are preparing for the upcoming season. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Dan Sawatsky, manager of Keystone Potato Producers Association. He talked about what he's expecting for the upcoming year. Well, the acreage will be down this year. I'm not sure. We don't have uh, good numbers yet, but uh, an estimate might be in that 67,000 range, which is similar to a couple of years back. Uh, we are seeing demand for fries uh, diminishing, certainly with the COVID 19 virus, uh, people are staying home more, and uh, you know, a lot of our product goes through quick service restaurants and even the sit down restaurants, and they're all closed. So, obviously, we're seeing uh, a real sh- shutdown of a lot of that market. Now, I know uh, last year there was uh, quite a bit of the crop uh, left out there. Um, uh, talk a little bit about uh, you know what's what's going to happen here this spring. Well, we're we're uh, looking like a little bit maybe a delayed start to plant with the cooler weather and, and, and the wetter ground uh, going into the spring. So, you know, I guess I think people are looking at maybe the first week of May, which isn't, uh, you know, isn't, um, you know, uh, no panic at all. Sometimes we'll start, uh, you know, the last few days of April. Uh, so looking at possibly a little bit of a delay. Um, really, the emergent date is the important one, uh, as much as the planting date uh, depends on how quickly the ground warms up. Uh, you know, I think we're all hoping for a, a good season this year. Uh, it's needed, uh, good yields, good growing conditions, so that we can, uh, again, uh, you know, start to see some returns back in this industry. Do you know what that number was on, on how many acres were left out last fall? Roughly 12,000, 12,320. With the reduction in acres, um, how might that impact uh, with with contracting? Um, what would happen there? Well, certainly the processors are trying to uh, come up with their best guess of, of demand and, and uh, contracts. We have, uh, we have some volumes uh, with one of the processors uh, determined and the other one as well uh, overall volumes but uh, those volumes to individual producers have not been communicated so we're waiting for that hopefully that uh, occurs this week and uh, growers will know kind of how this is affecting them individually anything else to add on your part there the channel that uh, is picking up with the fry sales are, are the retail side but that is uh, you know, it's a, it's a very small portion in percentages of, of overall sales, but we are seeing some some uh, more demand through the stores. But uh, like I say again, it's not uh, it's not going to make up for the loss of sales in in the restaurant business. That was Dan Sawatsky, manager of Keystone Potato Producers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. This week, Cereals Canada and the Canadian International Grains Institute announced the amalgamation of both organizations. Jean-Marc Rouet is chair of Cereals Canada. 
The process has been ongoing for actually a number of years, uh, and really the, the genesis of it all were the changes that resulted from uh, the Canadian Wheat Board uh, no longer being the single-desk seller of wheat. Uh, that brought a lot of changes to the industry, and uh, the creation of Cereals Canada as an organization to uh, to be the voice, the industry and producer voice of uh, the cereals sector. Rue says the amalgamation will take place on June 1st, the consolidated organization will operate under the Cereals Canada name, with Siggy operating as a division. Manitoba potato growers are feeling the impact of COVID-19. Dan Swatsky is manager of Keystone Potato Producers. The acreage will be down this year. I'm not sure. We don't have uh, good numbers yet, but uh, an estimate might be in that 67,000 range, which is similar to a couple of years back. We are seeing demand for fries diminishing. Certainly with the COVID-19 virus, uh, people are staying home more. And, uh, you know, a lot of our product goes through quick service restaurants and even sit-down restaurants, and they're all closed. So obviously we're seeing a real shutdown of a lot of that market. Swatsky says they're seeing an increase in retail fry sales. However, it's small compared to the loss at restaurants. Farmers are starting to feel the pressure from Mother Nature. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. In early April, there was that thought that it may be uh, an early spring or something. Things were coming along pretty good. We've had a couple of snowfalls and the ground is, is frozen pretty good here now. So we've probably lost two weeks and, you know, maybe it won't take two weeks to get back to a opportunity and certain places will be a little ahead of others, but... You know, I'd suggest we're a week to 10 days before we could travel on some fields here once the frost gets out of the ground again. Campbell says there's lots of field work to do once the wheels start turning. And the province has officially adopted the New West Partnership Trade Agreement. Manitoba entered the New West Partnership with Saskatchewan, Alberta and British Columbia back in 2016. The agreement commits each of the four western provinces to enhance trade, investment and labour mobility and to remove barriers to the movement of goods, services, investment, and people. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Thursday, April 16th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser will chat with Alberta Agriculture Minister Devin Dreeshin. And up first, we'll talk about the merger between Siggy and Cereals Canada. This week, the memberships of Cereals Canada and the Canadian International Grains Institute announced that a merger has been approved. Jean-Marc Rouet is chair of Cereals Canada. The process has been ongoing for actually a number of years, uh, and really the, the genesis of it all uh, were the changes that resulted from uh, the Canadian Wheat Board uh, no longer being the single-desk seller of wheat. Uh, that brought a lot of changes to the industry, uh, and uh, the creation of Cereals Canada as an organization to, uh, to be the voice, the industry and producer voice of uh, the cereals sector. And uh, we noticed that there was a great deal of over overlap in the funding and representation of Cereals Canada and SIGI, and they worked very closely together, and uh, the boards started thinking about whether uh, there wasn't uh, merit in bringing the two organizations more formally together through uh, an amalgamation. Talk about the uh, the new organization going forward and, and what that structure will look like. 
so the new forward uh, structure, it's an amalgamated organization. Uh, it will be known uh, as Serials Canada. Uh, it'll be a board that consists uh, 50% of the board uh, membership uh, will be from producer groups, and the other 50% will be from uh, what I call the industry, I guess, uh, grain handlers, exporters, processors, and uh, life science and seed companies. And uh, so they will be getting uh, getting together uh, as a as a board, and will be uh, sharing the funding of the organization as well. As far as uh, staffing, do you expect to see any changes there? I, I don't think so. Uh, the uh, The new board, of course, is going to embark uh, on a strategic uh, plan uh, discussion with the the uh, CEO of the merged organization, and uh, they'll they'll determine and chart the path forward for the the new organization. What sort of timeline are you looking at to to get things in place here? Well, the the amalgamation itself, from a legal perspective, takes place on uh, on uh, June first. That's the effective date of the amalgamation. We're obviously in a little bit of challenging times with respect to uh, to the uh, response and how how everybody deals with COVID. Uh, so that has altered our plans a little bit with respect to how to actually go about implementing operationally uh, the amalgamation, but we'll be working uh, towards that uh, that operational uh, amalgamation shortly after uh, June 1st. We'll start thinking about how, how that all comes together operationally. And that'll stay uh, based in Winnipeg then? Uh, yeah, as far as uh, I know, the uh, the plans are to to maintain the presence uh, here in Winnipeg, um, and I should have mentioned as well the organization is going to be uh, named Serials Canada. SIGI continues to be the technical branch of uh, of the merged organization, so we're going to be holding on to the SIGI brand uh, as a uh, as uh, an important part of what the merged organization is going to be doing. That was Jean-Marc Rouet, chair of Serials Canada. This week, the memberships of Serials Canada and Siggy announced that a merger had been approved. Continuing on today's Prairie Egg Wire, Glendalee Allen Vosser talks with Alberta Agriculture Minister Devin Dreeshin about his province's response to the COVID-19 situation as it relates to agriculture. Let's start out by talking about some of the COVID cases that we've seen within processing plants. First, it was Harmony Beef and Cargill. Can you update us on what's happening and how things are going? So we we foresaw this about three weeks ago, uh, the need to, to work with these large food processing companies, with the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, with Alberta Labor, Alberta Health, as, as well as the unions to make sure that we can have, because they are essential and they're essential services and they need to continue to operate to keep our food supply chain functioning. We, we foresaw that we needed to develop a protocol and a plan that could be in place so that in the inevitable event of COVID infections in workers at these plants, that there could be immediate sanitation and the plant can be up and operational as well as protocols put in place so that workers at these plants can work in a safe work environment no no different than what's done at hospitals so it's something that uh, we we have developed a protocol to show other industries as well that you can work in a covid environment if you're an essential service and keep your workers safe as well as keep business operational so can you give me some idea what this would involve then 
Sure, a lot of it is is social distancing as as much as possible. The, the wearing of masks, constant sanitation, and cleaning of, of commonly touched areas. I know even just alternating shifts, uh, have encouraging people to to have you know, bag lunches or eat outside, just as as much as as possible to be able to social distance people, and and you know possibility of, of having plexiglass or physical barriers as well between between people. So it's uh, it's quite an extensive protocol, but those are just you know some examples of how we can ensure that worker safety as well as our food supply chain remains operational. With respect to the Cargill facility near High River that's gone down to one shift a, a day, how concerning is that given the volume that they would normally put through? Well, they're, they're about a third of, of the meat uh, that's actually processed in, in the country. So they are a, a massive facility. And we, we are, again, like with Harmony Meats, we have weekly calls with all the major food processors. Just had it yesterday, actually. And, and they, they were encouraged by all the work that's been done weeks ago so that they, again, can use this protocol that we've developed you know, share it with their workers and with the unions so that everybody can feel safe going to work. And even people that have been in, in self-isolation, that they feel confident that now that their their two weeks is up, that they feel safe that they can come back to to work. So that's something that's, you know, whether it's a, the large Cargill plant or Harmony Meats or Provincial Abattoir, we want to make sure our food supply chain, because it is deemed essential, that it operates and there's there's no need for Albertans to go out and hoard or be concerned about their food production system because we're doing everything we can to make sure that, that it remains intact. And that it's safe. And and that food is safe. And obviously the food is safe, but also, you know, COVID isn't a foodborne illness, so that is that's a, a, one of the pluses. But, uh, but yes, ultimately it, it remains intact, but also that our, our food you know, is being inspected and that it's still people can have confidence in our, in our food safety system as well. I've been talking with Alberta Agriculture Minister Devin Andreessen. For Golden West, I'm Gladly Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Verified Beef Production Plus webinars are being held every Tuesday starting at 7 o'clock. You can email verifiedbeefmanitoba at gmail.com. The Livestock Markets Association of Canada annual convention has been postponed. The Animal Nutrition Conference of Canada has been postponed as well, and the Manitoba Summer Fair has been cancelled. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Thursday afternoon, the thought of an early spring is slipping away from many farmers. I chatted with Keystone Egg Producers President Bill Campbell. In early April, there was that thought that it may be uh, an early spring or something. Things were coming along pretty good, but like you said, we've we've had a couple of snowfalls and the ground is is frozen pretty good here now, so we've probably lost two weeks, and, you know, maybe it won't take two weeks to get back to a opportunity, and certain places will be a little ahead of others, but, you know, I'd suggest we're a week to 10 days before we could travel on some fields here once the frost gets out of the ground again, and so we're we're starting to feel the pressure from Mother Nature with regards to timing, and 
we have so many things to do in the spring of 2020 and it's you know to get that seed bed back in shape and it's to get last year's crop out of the way and uh, um, all of those issues and then we have very limited uh, fertilizer applied and uh, so there's a lot of challenges and we need a lot of help from mother nature and good weather and I think I heard something about even rain in the forecast for the weekend. So that would even set us further, further back. And um, just hoping that that large rain in May does not show up because that could have huge implications as to whether we are able to seed a crop or not. And uh, from what you've heard, um, will there be any issues? Uh, I know the Red uh, River is, is rising now. Um, do you expect yeah. any flood issues there? Um, well, I'm, my understanding is the red has, you know, with that snow melt that they've had in North Dakota, that they've had some issues, and they're looking at this weekend for peak flows along the Red River Valley, and um, so hopefully that will go slowly. This this particular type of weather with freezing and um, is is going to be beneficial in that part. And as far as uh, Western Manitoba, I think that most of our runoff is gone now, and that last snowfall give us a bit more. But um, what we're dealing with is just um, field conditions that are extremely wet, and we need uh, some drying days to make that go. So I, I don't anticipate flooding in Westman, and, um, you know, our, our thoughts uh, and, and sympathy goes out to those in the Red River Valley that, that deal with that flooding conditions. But hopefully it's as, it's as good as what can be uh, under the circumstances. That was Bill Campbell, president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The thought of an early spring for farmers is starting to go out the window. Bill Campbell is president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. We're starting to feel the pressure from Mother Nature with regards to timing and we have so many things to do in the spring of 2020 and it's, you know, to get that seed bed back in shape and it's to get last year's crop out of the way and uh, all of those issues. And then we have very limited fertilizer applied. And so there's a lot of challenges and we need a lot of help from Mother Nature and good weather. Campbell says it could be a week to 10 days before farmers get back out in the field. After four years of dialogue, the Amalgamation of Cereals Canada and the Canadian International Grains Institute has been approved. Jean-Marc Rouet is chair of Cereals Canada. The amalgamation itself, from a legal perspective, takes place on uh, June 1st. That's the effective date of the amalgamation. We're obviously in a little bit of challenging times with respect to uh, to the uh, response and how, how everybody deals with COVID. Uh, so that has altered our plans a little bit with respect to how to actually go about implementing operationally the amalgamation. The consolidated organization will operate under the Cereals Canada name and Siggy will maintain its brand as a division within the organization. Manitoba potato growers are hoping to see a rebound here in 2020. Roughly 12,000 acres of potatoes were left unharvested last fall. Dan Swatsky is manager of Keystone Potato Producers. Looking like a little bit maybe a delayed start to plant with the cooler weather and, and the wetter ground uh, going into the spring. So people are looking at maybe the first week of May, which isn't uh, no panic at all. Sometimes it will start uh, you know, the last few days of April. Looking at possibly a little bit of a delay, really the emergent date is the important one uh, as much as the planting date uh, depends on how quickly the ground warms up. 
Swatsky is expecting potato acres to drop this year due to diminishing demand for French fries. And Smithfield Foods announced it's closing two more meat processing facilities due to COVID-19. The company announced the closure of its South Dakota plant over the weekend. The most recent shutdowns are based in Wisconsin and Missouri. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwestradio.com. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.